Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. Yep. Boom. It's cover two time Warren. It's going to be a good episode because the 49ers won the <laughs> NFC West. Uh, they defeated the Seahawks, the hated Seahawks. And boy, was that a great game. But we're going to get into all, you know, some of that. Uh, then some just things moving into the Washington Commanders. It's going to be a fun week. The 49ers still jockeying for position as far as playoffs go, trying to get to that two seed. A commander is trying to get in the playoffs, so this game is going to be highly contested. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It should be an exciting game. Um, but this is the Conquer the West episode. I mean, right. we got the dub in Seattle. We're NFC West champs, so um, exciting times right now. Yeah, and it was a good performance from the 49ers. You know, I mean, the defense did what the defense does. They came in, and they absolutely shut down the Seahawks. <laughs> Seahawks finally got their first offensive touchdown. That was in the fourth quarter. Uh, before that, the 49ers had just shut them down consistently. Mooney Ward was all over DK Metcalf. The 49ers defensive line was all over Geno Smith. And the run game for Seattle was non-existent. The defense did what they needed to do. And then Kyle Shanahan dialed up some very timely plays and Brock Purdy went out there and executed. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for the Rams, it, it would have been even a more dominant performance. I mean, we had a pick six callback. Yeah. Um, I mean, the defense just really took care of business. I mean, Seattle really couldn't do anything all game. Um, I think Seattle really didn't get anything going, like you said, until the fourth quarter. So, I mean, it was just a it was a domination from the defense and and um it was it was beautiful to see to be honest. Yeah, the 49ers defense, you know, pretty much when they got to the fourth quarter, uh decided to just let them make, you know, plays underneath, rally and make tackles. Uh they probably scored a little bit faster than D'Amico Ryan's and 49ers wanted them to score. Uh but when it came down to it, the 49ers knew that they were about to go out on offense. They were going to bring in McCaffrey and Jordan Mason a little bit too and absolutely slam the door on Seattle's hopes of winning a division and preventing the 49ers from getting it done. The 49ers were not going to be denied. And uh, it was it was just a great performance from top to bottom. 
yes, the like you said, Yamuro Lenore's pick six gets called back. This game could have easily went out of got out of oh, hand yeah. after that one. I think it would have changed a lot of things, but you know, the 49ers still walked away from Lumens Field with a huge victory, and we're celebrating the fact that they are NFC West champions. The first goal for any football team, and especially the 49ers, is to go out and win your division, secure yourself a playoff seed, and the 49ers basically can finish no worse than third best in the NFC, meaning they're going to get one home playoff game and a good situation to potentially get a second. Right. When you begin the season, this is what this is the first goal. First goal was to win your division, and that's what the Niners did for a second time in Seattle. You know, we last time we won the division was in Seattle. <clears throat> this year we went into division uh, into Seattle again, and we won the division. So this is what you want to do. I mean, this is the first step to a long playoff run. Hopefully, I mean, uh, we want to get that number two seed. I mean, we it's going to be too hard to catch Philadelphia. Philadelphia is having a phenomenal year. Um, but at least get to that two seed where it guarantees us two home games. And then you never know. Something crazy could happen. Uh, Philadelphia could get knocked out. And then we could get that third home game. So at least you want to get to that two. I mean, third seed, I'll be fine with that third seed. I mean, what, the way this team is playing, the way this defense is playing, they could go anywhere and beat anybody. I mean, the Niners, the two things the Niners have that you want to have come towards playoff game that travels the most is defense and a running game. Yeah, and the 49ers faithful. You know, I mean, that's one of the things. It doesn't yeah. matter if the game's in Minnesota or <laughs> Levi's. 49ers faithful are going to be out, you know, in droves. I think that is something to remember. But the main goal for the 49ers in the playoffs uh, is to play Minnesota in round two and for the Cowboys to play Philly in round two. That's a perfect scenario for the 49ers. If you can get a home game against Minnesota, that's the icing on the cake. Absolutely. But the main goal for them is to make sure they're the ones playing Minnesota and that the, the Dallas Cowboys and, and Eagles have to go through each other to get the NFC Championship game. Let them, you know, batter each other. Uh, come out of that game bruised. It's going to be an absolute battle because it's a division game. And hopefully the 49ers be sitting there waiting the winner. And if it's Dallas, you're back at Levi's for an NFC Championship game. So, you know, the 49ers definitely have a path to which to host the NFC Championship game as long as they're going to finish in the top three. And guess what? That's the worst that they can do is top three because nobody wants to win the NFC South. Uh, Tampa Bay sitting there, you know, <laughs> at six and eight. Everyone else is five and nine in the entire division. <clears throat> Definitely the worst division in football. The fact that Carolina is still in it is is it's kind of laughable. But um, the four years are sitting, I think, right where they want. And a lot of it's because they went out and conquered the West. Yeah, the NFC, the NFC South was embarrassing. It's no point in even talking about that division. No. Um, yeah, um, I think ideally, um, I mean, wherever you get Minnesota, if you get them at home or on the road, I feel like the Niners will take care of business that game. I don't know if too many of you guys seen uh, Minnesota this last week, but that team, you don't know what you're going to get week to week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, or even half to half. <laughs> you know, I mean, the way they looked against the terrible Indianapolis Colts, I mean that's a team that's just that's just ripe. They're they're, we're, they're they're ripe to get beaten. You know they're the, you don't really see like any playoff DNA in that team. Yeah. So um, the way this is this NFC is setting up for the Niners looks I love it. I love it to be honest. There's really no team on this side of the league that I, that really fears or puts fear in me. Yeah. I mean you're starting to see some holes right and the chinks in the armor. Yeah. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys defense isn't playing up to the same level they were. Several weeks ago, Philadelphia is dealing with a Jalen Hurts injured, you know, shoulder, a sprained shoulder potentially. Uh, what will that be, you know, for him in the future? Of course, they have the bye; they have a few weeks before playoffs. I'm sure he's going to recover uh, somewhat, but that means he has a likelihood of it happening again. 
And then you have Minnesota that, I'm sorry, but if Minnesota spots Dallas, Philly, you know, any of those teams, 49ers, 33 points, they're not coming back. No. They do that to the Detroit Lions. They're not coming back. They right. do that to the Washington Commanders. They're not coming back. Those teams have too good of defenses and play too well. So uh, Minnesota is one of those teams that, unless they start playing a lot better than the next several weeks is a matchup I want the 49ers to have because it's favorable. And I think, you know, with them having Justin Jefferson, he's a tough matchup, Absolutely. but we have, we have guys, you know, that can go ahead and play with them now. And I think that's good news. But Warren, one of the things that's interesting is Brock Purdy just continues to impress uh, this time. It, it wasn't big numbers. He was, it wasn't because he went out there and ran around like he did the week before, but this time it was because he was hurt yet still went out there and executed to a high level and help get the 49ers a win. Uh, the fact he couldn't practice all week and then he couldn't throw all week because of the injury, to me, he just continues to impress. Yeah, I mean, the guy is, I mean, he, he walks around with an ass on his chest. To be honest, I mean, what can he not do? You know, I mean, since he stepped in as a Niner quarterback, he has not disappointed not once. Um, and I mean, this game, there's going into this game, if you watched last episode, I said, you know what's gonna what's gonna tell me if he's the guy going forward or he's gonna be a guy that's going to compete for this job going forward is if he can win in Seattle. I mean, if you look at the last five, six, nine or quarterbacks, not too many of them have won in Seattle. You know, it's it's at being a nine or quarterback, it, it doesn't happen too often. And Brock Purdy in his first start in Seattle went into Seattle and won the division. So to me, that's that's always going to be impressive from from a nine or quarterback. And then playing injury on top of that, I mean, the guy gutted it out. He was going into the week. I mean, I didn't even know he was as hurt as he was. Right. You know, until I didn't know how injured he was until actually after the game. Um, I didn't know what he was dealing with. And so now hearing what he what he was up against going into this week, it's it's super impressive to me. It's it's to me now he's in a position to where next season, you know, it's a legit, it's a legit quarterback competition. You know, it's going to be a competition not between Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, but Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. So we have reached that point because the guy is just playing lights out ball, you know, and if he continues to play this into the playoffs, man, if I'm Trey Lance and I'm on the sideline, I'm getting kind of worried because your job is in jeopardy, buddy. So I, I, I love I love what I'm seeing from Purdy. Yeah, I, I like it too. You know, I, I think that he sh he's always shown a lot of poise, you know, and Kyle Shanahan said he's the most poised rookie he's ever had. Uh, but I think he has a lot of moxie too. Absolutely. You know, I, I really do. Mm -hmm. I, I think he just, he's one of those guys, he's, he's extremely confident, but also extremely humble. So it makes him very likable. And I think he's got a, the entire fan base behind him. They're all rooting for him. We want to win the Super Bowl. Um, Brock Purdy right now is operating within this offense and doing what Kyle Shanahan, you know, is asking him to do. And the playmakers around him are making plays. Christian McCaffrey, you know, George Kittle, uh, Brandon Ayuk, they're doing what they need to do. And I think that's good news for the 49ers. But Brock Purdy right now, I mean, do we know what we're going to get over the next several weeks or in the playoffs? No. no. Uh, but you know what? Right now, you can ask yourself, why not? You know, and it wasn't that long ago when Brock Purdy took over. I, I put out a video that said, why not with Brock? And it's about going to the Super Bowl. And, you know, rookie quarterbacks don't normally win the Super Bowl. And backup quarterbacks have made an impact in the Super Bowl, but never a rookie backup quarterback. And I said it. And Pittsburgh Steelers fans came and called me delusional. <laughs> Where are we at now with that? Okay, I mean, that's the thing. Things are changing a little bit because Brock Purdy continues to go out and impress. And we don't know how this is going to play out, but it sure has been a fun ride. And I think at least what we got out of Brock Purdy is a guy 
that has proven he can give us an opportunity to win. He's not losing the football game for us, but he could go out there and win it. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm along for the ride. I, I hope this we can see this rookie, you know, possibly win the Super Bowl. I mean, if you look at the talent he has around him, he has the talent to do it, yeah. you know? And then if you look you look at the pieces that he brings, like you said, like his charisma, his moxie, you know, like just his demeanor and his focus, it's it's you know, he he doesn't look like a rookie quarterback. He right. looks he looks like a guy well beyond his years and I mean, you have to credit that to this time he spent at Iowa State. I mean, he got valuable experience where, you know, Trey Lance didn't really get it. Um, but I'm I'm super excited what he's bringing to the team right now cuz he he has his skill set skill set of Jimmy G, but he just has that extra where it's like he's going to put this team over the top. You know, he's looking to make plays. He's 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 just what we need right now. And I know it sounds crazy from other fan bases looking at us and how excited we are over a rookie quarterback, right. but I mean, it's something about this kid. He's special. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't that crazy, right? When Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, took the Steelers all the way to the AFC Championship game as a rookie. Right. Uh, there's been rookies that have done this before. I mean, uh, th- it's it's not that many, but there are players who have done it. You know what I mean? And I think that when it comes down to it, you know, Brock Purdy is in a good situation because, like you brought up, all those snaps, he's very accustomed to reading defenses. And nothing was more clear than George Kittle's second touchdown. You know, covered, covered. Boom, over the top, touchdown. Beautiful. That that read straight through, he went one, two, three. It was fantastic. And you know what? Not all quarterbacks can do that. And a, and a lot of that has nothing to do with those quarterbacks. Man. They've They're learning. But most of the time in college, it's one, two, run. One, two, run. Absolutely. And you're reading half the field. And you've seen Brock Purdy was not a half the field guy. It was here. It was here. It was there. And I think that's what's exciting about Brock Purdy is I feel like the more comfortable he gets within this offense and what Kyle Shannon is asking him of him and Kyle learning the things that Brock learns are, are likes. I think that this offense is going to continue to move in the right direction because the plays aren't different, right? These aren't different plays than what Jimmy Garoppolo ran. They're just executed differently because of what Brock Purdy sees. Absolutely. And, and you bring up a great point. It's like quarterbacks, like you said, they're, they're taught to read one, two, and then run. I mean, Jimmy G wasn't even doing this. Jimmy G wasn't even getting that far. I mean, sometimes you see him hanging in the pocket and he would yeah. he would get to his last read. But, I mean, this is a rookie. We're seeing a rookie go through his pro- progressions and just, boom, makes the play. I mean, there was – I mean, as a Niner fan, there's countless times we go back and we watch the film, you know, we're like, man, this guy was open. Yep. You know, that guy was open, you know, and what if, you know. And Brock Purdy is making those plays, and that's what's making us so excited. So – I'm I'm super excited to see where this kid could go, man. I think it's gonna. I think wherever it ends, you know, this is this is this is the story of the season to me. Yeah. Wherever it is, I mean, it's it's writing itself, I and mean, this is Disney movie made all over. Absolutely. You know, uh, we you know we have Remember the Titans, and we have all these other <laughs> movies. We're gonna potentially have a Brock Purdy story at some point. <laughs> a Purdy you know, story. Yeah, a Purdy story. If he went to Super Bowl, I mean, Warner got his own movie. So Absolutely. We'll see. One guy that hopes that Brock Purdy continues to do this is George Kittle. And I wanted to ask you, I know you said, this is George Kittle here to stay. No, I don't mean contract-wise or staying in Santa Clara with the 49ers. I mean this George Kittle production-wise that we saw against Seattle. Warren, do you think this George Kittle is here to stay for the remainder of the season and throughout the playoffs? I hope so. Um, I think this is the George Kittle we need. This is the version of George Kittle we need, and we haven't seen it in a while. You know, it's it's been a while we've seen George Kittle catching balls, making plays, and, 
you know, running up the field, scoring touchdowns. You know, this is this is the George Kittle that we all grew to love from the beginning. You know, when he was playing with with uh, Mullins, you yeah, know, Mullins and and Beathard and all those guys. Like this is the this is the Kittle we all expect, and um, we all know what what type of blocker he is. You know, we already know what he's going to give you when it comes to that aspect of his game. Right, but you know. Well, when you see him catching a ball and being a threat from a tight end position, being considered the best tight end in the game, that just adds so much to this offense. Um, I want this. I want this killer to stay. I think with uh, Mullins, I think he does become more of a weapon, more of a threat. With Purdy, with Purdy, yeah, I'm I sorry, call him Purdy. Mullins. Yeah. Too. I, I don't know why, but I do. I, I did it earlier on slightly with horse. So, uh, I'm just used to it at this point. So with with Purdy, I do expect to see him more as a weapon, more utilized um, in this offense. And I hope he's here to stay because it just adds more to the offense and it's more more headaches for the defense. Yeah, I think, you know, there's one thing that was always interesting when we would hear people talk about this offense is they would always say, well, this guy's going to be the focus today and this guy's going to be the focus next time. And this guy's going to be the focus here. And as a play caller, you don't usually put a focus on a certain player. You might put a focus on a certain play because of how it works against a defense. And then that player might be the primary because of the way the deep, right? If it's a cover two and George Kittle's running a seam, he's the primary on the play. Cause that's usually what's open. Right. So I think that a lot of times people are like, Oh, well they're, they, they're not focused on him. They need to target him more. I think what we're getting now is Kyle Shanahan's calling plays that he believes are going to be open. And Brock Purdy doesn't care who is supposed to get the ball. He doesn't care who it is that he throws it to. He just wants to make plays. So what you're getting is now that the actual reads, what the, he doesn't force feed. He doesn't come up to the line of scrimmage and say, oh, I'm going to throw this one to George. I want to get the football. No, no, no. If George isn't open, he's looking for the next guy. And he right. don't care what their number, 15, 85, 11, you know, 19, 23. He don't care as long as they're going to catch the ball and make plays. And I think that's one of the things I love about Brock Purdy playing quarterback and reasons I think George Kittle is here to stay with this type of production are there going to be games where he doesn't have as big a production? Yes, but then there's going to be huge games too because if you're focused on 23 and you're focused on 19 because he's coming back, he's already starting to work out and practice a little bit. If you're focused on those guys, do you have enough guys to focus on Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle? No. no. And if Ayuk starts getting going, that means it's going to leave things open for Kittle. So I just think there's just too many weapons and Kittle and Ayuk are going to trade off who has big games because McCaffrey and Debo are going to have big games no matter what. Yeah, I think so. And, I mean, to speak off Purdy a little bit, I mean, it's it's even beautiful beautiful to see Kyle Shanahan have trusted him. Right. You know, Kyle, you know, as Niner fans, we watch a lot of these games, and you can kind of see with play calling and stuff he has Jimmy doing, you're like, man, he doesn't really trust this guy. You know, he's he's holding his hand a little bit in, in through these games. But with, with Purdy, you don't see that. You know, with Purdy, like you said, I mean, it's all situational. Every play is situational where you see with Jimmy, it almost like before the snap, Shanahan's like, he's going to be open at this point throwing the ball. You know, with Purdy, it's just like, dude, go, kid, go play. You know, and and that's a lot of what I feel like we're seeing. We're just seeing, you know, a guy back there just like, he. he I'm just going to unleash my weapons. Whoever's open, I'm going to make the play. You know, so I'm, I'm, just, I'm just so excited about this offense. And then Kittle, man, it's just... I hope I hope we get this kiddo. Yeah, this is this is the kiddo we need. So, if I'll, we, I'll tell you one thing, I, and, and go ahead and talk about oh. kiddo for one second. Then I'm going to get into it. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. No, you're good. Go ahead. I was going to go into because what you said about Brock Purdy and the offense, you know, uh, him having trust. 
I used to think the same thing, that he didn't trust Jimmy Garoppolo, right? That he was kind of putting restraints on Jimmy. Um, and then I heard Kyle talk in his presser, and they asked him, do you tell him who to throw the football to? And he said, no, that would mess him up, mm-hmm. right? Because they don't know what coverage they're going to see. You have an idea, but you don't know for sure. So you have to be able to check in and out. So what if it actually was, at times, Jimmy putting his own restraints on himself? Because he didn't believe, have enough belief that he could make all the throws that he needed to make. Where Brock Purdy, he doesn't have those feelings. That dude believes he can make every single throw that he needs to make. That's true. Because I don't think the play calls are different. <clears throat> I just think they're being executed differently. I mean, that play that he hit George Kittle on the touchdown, that's like the 10th time they've ran that play with Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy has now hit every single receiver in the progression. He's thrown it to Ayuk. He threw it to Debo underneath the last time. I seen Kittle on the film going over the top. He wasn't open, but he hit he hit Debo there. He's hit Christian McCaffrey, and now he hit George Kittle for the touchdown. It just shows he's going through progressions and making those reads. And I think that sometimes it's it looks like it's a different offense because the offense is making those big plays at times. But Jimmy was actually pushing the ball down the field more. He was this year. I think yeah. I think Jimmy Garoppolo sometimes was his own worst enemy as far as you know. Kind of checking down and not believing he can make some of the throws that he he really could have made. Yeah, I I do agree with you. I think he was he was getting in his own way. He was getting in his own way a lot a lot, and I, I, we don't know why he got that way. What right. what got him to be the G, the Jimmy G which he was, which Jimmy G was more of a finished product um, when he got hurt. You yeah. know, the what's so exciting about Brock Purdy is he's just not a finished product. You know, and he's coming into this in into this Niner offense and. He's just immediately making plays, you know, and this is what we thought we'd get from Jimmy from day one, you know, just coming in, making plays from day one. Um, and to get that from Purdy, a rookie, you know, it's it, it's special. It's super special. And that's what it has us all excited. Yeah, I think we saw it from Jimmy in 2017. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy let it rip. I mean, Jimmy had nothing to lose, right? I mean, he got traded there. There's five games left for him to start. And he went out there and he took care of business. And then I think 2019, he had moments. But I think in 2020 and 20, you know, uh, and parts of 2021, uh, it was more about, hey, let's not beat my own football team. I thought this year he was playing at a very high level. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. I thought this is the best Jimmy Garoppolo we've seen since Absolutely. the end of 2017. I thought he was taking chances. Nine <clears> percent <throat> of his passes were throws down the field. Um, so I thought he was doing a good job. So I don't want to talk. I'm not trying to talk negatively about Jimmy. I'm just seeing some of those differences because I do think it's the same play calls. Just different execution on those play calls. I agree. And let's 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 flip it to the other side of the field. Uh, Mooney Ward was lined up on DK Metcalf. Uh, if DK Metcalf was drinking something, you know, as far as Gatorade, Mooney knew what flavor it was. I mean, he was all up in his grill, and he held him to thirty-three yards. It was a great performance by Mooney Ward. Of course, he ends up going down with a concussion, and we see the Jackrabbit, which was fun. But oh, uh, Mooney Ward, I think, has proven now, Warren, that he's in a lockdown corner in this league. And I think he's a big reason why this 49ers defense has been unlocked this year. He is. He's a huge piece, and um, we're going to need him going forward. You know, with with injuries that we have on the back end, we're going to look for him to to guard the best receiver uh, week in and week out. I mean, we got the playoffs looming. You know, you look at the teams that, that's in the playoffs. I mean, you could have a C.D. Lamb. It's, it's I love a, that matchup for the Niners. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, Justin Jefferson. 
You know that one. I mean, that one's tough. Yeah, that one. Everyone. That's tough for any for any DB. Yeah. Um, AJ Brown. You I love know? that one for the Niners. <laughs> so there's there's guys where we're gonna need him. You know, right. we we're gonna need our our number one corner to go out there and you know take away one half of the field. So um, how he played against Seattle, I mean, who balled out? You know, he he balled out, and that's that's what I at this point that's what I expect of him. You know, I mean. He had, I believe, what, one bad game, and that was the game against uh, the Kansas, Kansas City, City Chiefs, yeah. which was his old team with probably a ton of emotions in that And he game. was also uh, injured. He he had injured his groin. He was, he was injured. Uh, so he wasn't 100%. Yeah. Right. So um, to see how he's performing, you know, in his first year in a Niner uniform, man, it's 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 exciting. Yeah, I, I love Mooney. And, you know, when you were going through the, the different receivers, Justin Jefferson, I don't like that matchup for any team because he's just he's a ridiculous route runner. Yeah. Uh, he's got deceptive speed and he's got a really big catch radius. So he's just a tough cover. I, I think we have a guy because of the length of Mooney Ward that can battle him the best. But when you started bringing up the other guy, CD Lamb, I, I'm not real worried about that because Traverse Ward can go out there and get physical with him. Yeah. Uh, he can play body him. You know, CD's not as good a route runner as Justin Jefferson. And AJ Brown, it's all body, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a better receiver than DK because DK runs like four routes uh, <laughs> where, you know, AJ Brown can run more. Uh, but you know what? There's an AJ Brown on the 49ers as far as route running and everything in Debo Samuel. Traverse Ward goes against it every single day. Big, physical, like, I don't think it's that big of a difference. I think the one bad matchup is Justin Jefferson, and they don't have enough weapons everywhere else to make you completely worry about potentially giving Ward help when you need to. Uh, But Mooney Ward has changed the game because just like we talked about with him being able to travel, now you can give help to Deomar Lenore. Uh, You can cheat Talano Hufanga into the box. You can blitz him off the edge and kill Geno Smith and cause a fumble. You can do those because you don't have to worry about giving safety help on both sides, and it really frees up this 49ers defense. Right, and, and uh, also the thing about this back end, I mean, I mean, this Niner defense is so good. I mean, you only have to co- cover for like three to four seconds, and yeah. they're, they're getting home, you know? So, I mean, you don't, you're not out there covering for eternity. I mean, you have a front seven that's going to get home, you know, or they're going to make, they're going to for, force the quarterback to make an airy throw or a bad throw or throw it away or run out of bounds. So, um, that just adds to his game. You know, he knows that they got his back and, and he got their back. So uh, we're going to need him and we need him to stay healthy um, going forward because, I mean, not having E-Man is a problem. Yeah, it is. I mean, <clears throat> it, it, that's the one thing about, you know, Emmanuel Mosley is is you had him on the other side. And I will give credit to Diomo Lenore. He's gotten better and better every single week. He had the interception against Miami, which was kind of a gift because it was thrown high and outside <laughs> of Tyree Kill. But this week's interception, Dino, yeah, had to get rid of the ball, but Diamond Lenore drove on the football, picked it off. Uh, it would have been a huge pick six. Yeah, I feel like Diamond Lenore is getting better and better. It's kind of like how I felt about Ambry last year. But I actually think Diamond is playing a little bit better than Ambry did last year, where they were giving more help um, to Ambry Thomas. I don't think they're doing that with Lenore. They're kind of just out there trusting him because he's a better tackler than Ambry Thomas, and he's a little bit more physical right now. And I mean, it's not so much a slight on him as that. I think Diomar Lenore just, you know, pushed past where Ambry Thomas was. Yeah. Um, I still think Ambry has a bright future, but uh, the 49ers have whoever that corner is opposite of Mooney Ward, you better be ready because uh, they're going to come after you. Because why would you go after Ward after what he's been showing? He's he's an absolute snub for the Pro Bowl. He should have been a Pro Bowl player. 
Yeah, Lenore. Lenore looks like he worked out this offseason to get better. It looked like he he took a personal what happened last year where yeah. he he got benched. You know, and and you can see the results from it. The dude is playing much better than what he was last year. And Ambry looks like he was reading his press clippings. You know, yeah. And, and I mean, this is what happens. I mean, next year is going to be very interesting for him to see if he makes this this active roster. Yeah, because I mean, they're if they re-sign Emmanuel Mosley, which is is very possible, uh, you could have him, Yamra Lenore, uh, you know, Mooney Ward, and Sam Womack as your top four. Yeah, Ambry Thomas can for sure be the fifth guy. I mean, he he's got potential to be that guy. He's still got length, but look what the Forty ers have done with cornerbacks over the last several years. The reality is they're probably going to draft one, maybe yes, two. Yes. And if Ambry Thomas isn't playing at the level, we know Adam Peters loves him, but if he doesn't step up his game in the offseason, and we've seen other 49ers young players not approach the offseason the right way and then learn and come on the scene, Brandon Ayuk, Juwan yeah. Jennings, right? There's plenty of those guys. If that's the case and he learns, great. We're sitting in the catbird seat with great young cornerbacks. And if he doesn't, unfortunately, they're going to end up replacing him. Uh, this is an unforgiving league as far as getting on the football field. I agree. And let's talk about an under-the-radar impact player. Warren, who's somebody that's making an impact for the 49ers here in 2022 that the national media is not really talking about? Local media, you probably have a better chance of hearing about these players because we know the, the team inside now. But what about an, a player that the national media is missing on? Um, the player I feel like is underrated is it's funny that we've been talking about the players on the back end. I'm gonna stay back there, but I like um, I think it's Tayshawn Gibson. I like that. Um, I don't feel like he's being talked about enough. I mean, what he's done for this team is been huge. You know, um, you lost Tart in the off season. You know, which which he was our he was our safety net. He, nothing yeah. really got behind him, and he'd made huge plays during the season, saving touchdowns. So you lost him back there, and then. Uh, we lose. I can't think of his name. We had him at corner. Uh, twenty four. He was our nickel. K one Williams. K one. K one was the best nickel in the league. We lose. We lose K one. So we go out. We get. We get Tayshawn Gibson. And what we're asking him to do, we're we're pretty much asking him to lock down the field. You know, and it allows Ward to come up and play the nickel. You know, a, a, a position of need. Yeah. I mean, we went out and we drafted Womack. Womack, and we had Lenore. You know, and those were those going into the season. That's what we all thought it would be playing a nickel position. Right. We all thought uh, Womack had the leg up at the nickel position. Then you have injuries like E-Man go down, yeah. and then you got to move Lenore out. You know, and so that one acquisition of Gibson was just he allowed the pieces just to be moved. You know, and he's making plays back there. The guy, there's no drop off. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, you got We got to give love to uh, Talano Hufunga too because he's he's participated in that pro he, bowler. Yeah, yeah, I see that today, which is crazy. Yeah, um, as for, for I mean, pretty much a rookie, but um, Tayshawn Gibson, you can't say enough about what he's done. I mean, he's just allowed this defense, and he's allowed um, it just to be so versatile, to just to move a piece here, move a piece there. All right, Jimmy Ward, you go down and you you play the nickel. We've seen Jimmy Ward play the nickel earlier in his years with the Niners when he was riddled with injuries all the time. Now that he's healthy, and we know he can play that position. We know he can play man to man to coverage. So it's just been. It's been it's vital for him for us to pick him up and what he's doing for the team going forward. It's just been vital. Yeah, it's interesting, right? I mean, Jimmy Ward goes down in training camp and there's a big hole next to Talano Lufanga. You know, is it going to be Tarverius Moore who had showed so much promise for the 49ers before? You know, is it going to be one of these young cats, you know, stepping up a George Odom or somebody like that? And really nobody was asserting themselves a week before the end of preseason. 
they signed Tyshawn Gibson, and Gibson had been with Kyle Shanahan in Cleveland. He knew Gip pretty well, so he brought him in to see what he could do. But he's 32 years old. What are you going to get? You know, is he washed? Did he lose right. that speed? The guy with 20, you know, 27 interceptions when he came to the 49ers, that's a lot. I mean, the dude's played at a high level for a long time. And what he did was come in and stabilize this defense Absolutely. and then afford them the opportunity when Jimmy Ward came back to put him in the nickel because that nickel role has definitely changed. You got a guy like Aziz Alshire playing 15 plays a game because nobody wants to play base sets anymore. They want to put you in nickel. And what Jimmy Ward has been doing is coming up and stopping the run and playing those run fits spectacular, but still being able to cover slot receivers. You can't do that without, without Tashawn Gibson. Uh, Deshaun Gibson has been a godsend for this team. What a great pickup from John Lynch in that you know, front office to bring him in. And then just when the 49ers had that choice, Jimmy Ward or Gibson, we were all talking about it. Who's going to play free safety? Yeah. They said, you know what? Gibson's playing great. We can play Jimmy Ward here. And hats off to them because I wasn't sure it was going to work, but it is working at a high level. And now you got these two guys together. I think that's a great choice for under the radar impact player. But I do have to ask you one thing, because next year, both of them are going to be free agents. You can only bring back one. <laughs> Who are you bringing back? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, because uh, Jimmy Ward, he's, he's been a Niner forever. Right. I mean, this is all he's ever known. I, I mean, think it's nine years now. Yeah, yeah. And he was drafted by the last regime. He was drafted by uh, Trent Balky. Yeah, yeah. So that's a tough one. I mean, if if. It all comes down to numbers. I mean, if, if we could get, you know, a team-friendly deal, which I believe he signed last time. $9 million is what he's making this right. year. Right, and I believe it was uh, – I think he came out later and said he had a deal to go to play for the Raiders. Yeah, it was yeah. worth more money. He definitely could have right. signed for more. His $9 million is 18th best for safeties in the league. Which is tough because he's, he's, he's top five. He was top 100 players, right? Right. So. right. He's top five, top 10 easily at, the, at his position. And then he could do this, go up and play the nickel. You, so you got to sit down with him first. You got to sit down with Jimmy Ward, see if you can work it out. Um, if you can't, then you keep Tayshawn Gibson, you know, on that short list. Like, all right, we couldn't work it out with him. Let's see what we can do here. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, you always got the draft to fall back on. But Jimmy Ward, I mean, he's he's just he's a Niner, man. You know, he's been a Niner since day one. I think he probably wants to finish his career as a Niner. So I think you always start there first and see where it goes from there. Yeah, I think he's one of the I think he's gonna want to get paid. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think he just deserves to get paid. I don't think the 40 yards are gonna want to pay him double digit salary per year with all the money they're gonna pay Bosa, you know, with the money oh, they've yeah. got to put towards the offensive line and some of these defensive line players that are gonna be free agents. Jimmy Ward may be a cost move. Uh, Gibson has proven they can get great safety play. Next year, you're going to have a second-year Samuel Womack, a third-year Diamond Lenore, and if you bring back Emmanuel Mosley, your second year at the corner spot, Jimmy Ward's not needed there. So if you're bringing Jimmy Ward in, you believe he's that much of an improvement over Gibson. And, you know, that's the thing. Jimmy Ward doesn't really make a lot of turnovers when he's not playing nickel. Uh, Gibson does. Gibson has 30 interceptions in his career. Ridiculous. But you also have a guy like Taylor Hawkins, who's a young safety that's going to be coming up. Gibson for one more year, and then Hawkins potentially taking over could be something the 49ers are looking at. I think it's tough. I don't want to part with Jimmy Ward because I love what he means yeah. to this franchise. Yeah. But whenever you look at $10 million compared to, right now Gibson's making one and a half. I mean, if you paid the guy 3 or $4 million next year and gave him a pay raise, he'll be happy. He'd be, be good. <laughs> and you slide him in there, right? Him and, him right. and Fonga have a great relationship. It, it, it's, it's one of those things. Plus, I want to throw out there. 
if for some reason the 49ers are able to do the amazing thing and Brock Purdy helps the 49ers go and win a Super Bowl and Jimmy Ward now has that Super Bowl, I think he goes out and secures the bag. He goes out, he gets it, and he's like, hey, I won my Super Bowl. I'm going to get paid for my two-year contract, and then I'm going to fade out you know, and, and roll into the sunset. Uh, but it's a tough choice because I just I can't I can't see this 49ers team without Jimmy Ward on it, but yeah. it seems like that could be potentially where we're headed. Yeah, I I can't see the Niners without him either. I mean, it's it's a, I'd be sad to see him go. Yeah, he's he's one where he's a Niner where you're just like, all right, if he left, it's it's going to sting a little. I think one of the worst things that ever happened to him is getting hurt in training camp because when he got hurt and Gibson came in oh, and played yeah. at a high level, it proved to them we can get a cheaper option that can play at that level. Yeah. And I think that makes it up. And do I think Gibson's as good a coverage guy as Jimmy Ward? No. Absolutely not. Uh, but he doesn't have to be for the role he's asked to play right. in D'Amico Ryan's scheme. And next year, who knows whose scheme it is? Vic Fangio's scheme. Right. You know, who else? It could be a lot of guys. Well, let's talk about resting. Fangio, yeah. <laughs> hey, he's been hanging around practice. <laughs> Going to golf with John Lynch. <laughs> He's throwing some nuggets out there. I'm not I see saying. You. I'm just saying. <laughs> I see you throwing some nuggets. Yeah, that's 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 kind of how I think it's going to go. I really do. You know, he didn't take a job this year so he could get his full head coaching money, but they wanted him to be a consultant. I'll take They won you. that transition, and the fact he showed up to a couple practices don't normally show yeah. up to a couple practices. You know, I think there's where there's smoke, there's, there's fire, fire, and there's absolutely. a little bit of smoke. Another thing that's going on. Kyle Shanahan talked about he doesn't really like to rest his players unless they're hurt. But I wanted to talk to you, Warren, because, you know, the 49ers are right now in the thick of potentially getting that two seed. But at what point, you know, if it's kind of decided, you say, you know what, I need to rest a player. You think the 49ers should rest players before the playoffs, you know, to make sure they're healthy? Or are you one of those guys that's like, no, let's go. Let's keep this thing going. Let's win 10 straight heading into the playoffs. To me, this this question is so situational. Um, it comes down to where we are going into the playoffs. If we're in a position where, okay, we have the two seed locked up, um, there's no more work we can be done. You know, even if we lose this last game, we're still locked in at two. Then let's say players. Yeah. You know, given the Niners' history, given our history this year with quarterbacks, I mean, we have an injured quarterback right now. Um, you know, who we've seen go down. Right. And we're not, we're not, we have the two seed, we're not getting a bye week. Let's create our own bye week. You know, let's let's get some of our our guys uh, a week off and let's get ready for this for the next season, which is the playoffs. So I, I disagree with with Shanahan when it comes to that. If that's the scenario, if that's a scenario where we, we're we're afforded to sit players, let's do it. Because this organization, we've just had heartbreak after heartbreak with injuries. You know, it's like I want to get over that. I mean, yeah. we we know football. It's a part of football. You know, football. There's going to be injuries, but. If we have a chance to get guys ready, get guys healthy um, before the before the playoff run, I'm all for it. Now I do get what everybody says, like you know, keep the body active, you know, stay stay in playoff shape. You know, when you when you sit out for a week, you, mentally it gets to you. I I believe all that. You know, that does play a role. But with this team, with the talent we have, I don't think that's going to be a problem. Now. Given a situation where, you know, we don't have the two C locked up, then I agree with Shannon. Play all the way through. You know, let's 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 bust it all the way out. You know what I mean? But if we're in the situation where two is locked up, let's give him a rest. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing. You know, I coached for a long time and I knew postseason was coming up and you would have to, you know, prepare for it. 
Um, I wasn't somebody that rested players. Now, if I had a player that was, you know, kind of banged up, like Kyle Shanahan is referring to, and I felt like, you know, hey, it's better to rest him because he went out there, he had potential to injure himself more, then I would be okay with resting a player. But I want everyone to remember uh, is last year, yeah, getting a buy is great. It, it really is. But let's remember that last year, Green Bay and Tennessee had first-round buys. Tennessee and Green Bay lost in the in the divisional round of the playoffs last year. Neither one played in the NFC and AFC championship game. So sometimes having those buys can actually hurt you. And if you're on an absolute roll, you want to stay on an absolute roll. That's why you see some of these wild card teams that come storming in. 49ers last year were a good, a good example. They had to win out to make the playoffs, and they stormed right through it and did it all the way to the NFC championship game. Now, if we're talking about certain players, that's why I, I like what you said about situational. If you're talking about certain players, Debo Samuel, Javon Kinlaw, Brent Williams, for instance, guys that maybe have been banged up throughout the year or coming off injuries, if you feel like it's best scenario to rest them, I think that's that's smart. But we have a Brock Purdy as a quarterback that needs as many reps as he can get. <laughs> and we need to make sure he continues to get chemistry with some of those players. If that means only playing those guys for a half and you pull Christian McCaffrey, you know, and you pull you know, Debo Samuel, if he's back and you pull some of those guys, I'm okay with that. But I do think you go out there and you make sure you keep things sharp and you keep things fresh because uh, that next week, whoever that team that you're playing in the wildcard round probably had to do everything they possibly could to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the whole playing player things, I just want to eliminate the what if, you know, because if, yeah. if somebody gets hurt, let's say we have Kittle go down or let's say we have... Christian McCaffrey, by all means. Now we're in the what if situation. We're just like, right. man, what if? You know, what if, what if? And I believe Shanahan's in a point now with the Niners where, you know, we can't have that what if. You know, yeah. he's he's been he's been to the promised land so close. You know, I mean, you look at the past few years, I mean, we've been plays away, we've been quarters away, we've been minutes away of tasting this Super Bowl, right. you know. And if you if you get to week eighteen, you're fully healthy. You know we got a fully healthy squad. I, I man, it's it's a tough decision. Like I get where Shanahan's coming from, and I get what you're saying. Like what what I think about when you're saying like wild card wild card teams making it to the Super Bowl, um, the New York Giants when they had those teams where they just barely made some playoffs, and Eli just went on a crazy run. You know, like I always think of that, and it's. It's so true. Like, if you keep that momentum going into the playoffs, you just roll. You know, and like the Niners were doing that last year. Yeah. But this team, ah, man, it's tough. It's it's tough. Yeah. It's a tough question because you want you want your guys to get healthy. You know, you don't want to go into the the biggest, the most important part of your season banged up. You want your guys at at the most healthiest. But man. One thing I do know is there are going to be some guys that have to play no matter what. Right. Because you have a 53-man roster. Mm-mm. 40 of the, 48 of those guys are going to, you know, suit up. Usually it's less than. Uh, but you have Jimmy Garoppolo. You have, you know, potentially Kevin Givens. You have guys that you don't, they're not going to play. You know, they're going to be inactives. But when you get out there, you don't have that many at each position. This isn't college That's where you true. have a 100-man roster. That's true, yeah. You know, so if you're sitting Trent Williams, you're, there's other guys you can't sit, right? So you're going to have to be kind of – you know, cautious with who you, you know, pick and choose. I do believe that if, you know, you're playing Arizona and there's nothing to play for, um, you do want to make sure you get some of your hot shot players or guys you're worried about out of the football game early on if they play. 
Um, but I, I, I like what Kyle's saying because I think he is seeing that from experience, rest doesn't always equal success. And I think that's what he's saying. And sometimes it's just better to stay hot, you know, and, and, you know, it's unfortunate when things happen, but you're hoping that that doesn't happen to you. I agree. I mean, the one thing that always eats you is year after year, you don't know if you'll get back to this spot. Yeah. That's the one thing that always eats up at you. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's right at this point in the season, it's not checkers, it's chess. Yep. You know, and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta move the right piece. So I have faith in Shanahan. I mean, if that's how he feels, I'm going with it. Yeah, I think what we're going to see is we'll see a few guys rest. I think he'll pull certain guys here or there. Um, I think we might see the starters early with Brock Purdy, uh, maybe a first quarter, and then those guys come out and Brock maybe stays in with you know a lot of the a lot of the second unit. Yeah. Uh, for the first half, and then they go with Josh Johnson to finish it out and try to rest as many guys as they can. But you know how many guys can you rest? And you're one injury away from one of your starters having to go in and complete the game for true, you. That's true. But let's talk about the Commanders. Uh, commanders are an interesting team. Ninth best defense. They're you know they're going to be getting you know players back. Uh, this is probably the you know Chase Young coming back. Him and Montez Sweat opposite oh, wow. of each other. Oh, wow. uh, this is probably going to be his. It's not guaranteed he's going to be back, but it's looking that way. Uh, followed with I mean they have Deron Payne, they have Allen, they have I mean the defensive line is beast. It's nasty. They got Jamin Davis at 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 linebacker. I like him a lot. You know other than that their linebackers aren't great, but that front front group of defensive linemen is fantastic you know and then they have a couple young corners and benjamin say juice is pretty good safety interesting uh but they're good against the run and they have a good defense warren you know what do you think about this matchup 49ers versus commanders st juice man he's the ex-michigan guy he yeah. transferred away though but yeah i think he went um, to minnesota, minnesota yeah. yeah he finished at minnesota um I, I think it's gonna be a good matchup um i think this is gonna be a sneaky good matchup to be honest, and um, I didn't know the Commanders was this good. Um, I kind of this is the team I really don't pay too much about. And then um, when I started like you know looking into them and seeing what we had coming up on the upcoming schedule, I started paying attention to them. And um, the Commanders is a sneaky good team, and I think they're gonna um, they're 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 gonna present like a lot of different problems for us, you know, because it's just with a team like this, I feel like there's no real centerpiece to really focus on. Um, I mean, you got Heineke, Heineke, however Heineke, you yeah. say. Yeah, you got, you got it. <laughs> he's almost kind of like a Purdy. I mean, the guy, he's he's back there and he just makes plays. You know, um, he can make plays with his feet and um and with his arm. Um, I mean, you got McLaurin, and then they, I believe they shuffled two running backs. Um, yeah, they got Antonio Gibson, Gibson and, and then they got Robinson. Robinson, yeah, Alabama, Robinson Alabama from Alabama. Yeah. yeah, he's the one that got shot. Right, right, yeah. and came many, back during the season. Many, many, <laughs> <many>. <laughs> I heard about that, yeah. but um, I think this is a sneaky good team, a sneaky good th- team that I think, honestly, I think they're going to give uh, the Niners a game into the fourth quarter. Um, I didn't know Chase Young's coming back. It, I, boy, I didn't know it was up in the air. He, he has a they, possibility of playing. Yeah, they've had his window open. You know, okay. He's been practicing. ESPN officially listed him as questionable. Interesting. Um, I, I think they will come in. I think it'll be a pitch count, though. I don't think we're going to see a full Chase Young out there rolling through the whole thing, but they want to get him reacclimated, and they know these games are winnable. You know, where the right. 49ers don't have to win, Washington has to win. Right, right. You know, so I think that the, the defense is going to have that. And you're right about the running back room. It's pretty good. Uh, wide receivers, they have a bunch of names you recognize. Yeah. I'm yeah. not sure how dangerous these guys are. Uh, Jay Hill got really mad at me because I'm not scared of Scary Terry. I don't <laughs> think he's that scary, to be honest. I think he's a good player. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I don't think he's one of those guys you're like, Charvarius, I need you to go wherever he goes. No. 
Um, but I, I, I like Terry McLaurin. They got Deami Brown from, you know, North Carolina. They got Jahan Dotson that was at Penn State. You know, he, he's pretty good. Uh, so they, they have talent. I mean, they have a few guys that can make plays from their receiver room. And like you said, the two-headed monster at the running back spot. Uh, Gibson's been dealing with a little bit of a foot slash ankle issue, but he's still going out there performing. When he came out of college, he was one of my favorite players because of the way he could he could play receiver, he could play running back. I always thought he was a guy that fit Kyle Shanahan's scheme. So, I mean, he's going to be someone fun to watch. I was a huge fan of Robinson because I thought he fit what Jeff Wilson Jr. did, but yeah. just at a higher level. Uh, so I've been fans of, of them, and I think they are kind of like 49ers light. Yeah. Uh, I think part of their problem is they don't have a good enough offensive line. I agree. Uh, and they don't have the back end on defense. You know, I mean, that's I like St. Juice, but other than that, uh, their their defensive backs aren't great. Their linebacker room is definitely not as good as the 49ers. Where no. they match up with the 49ers is defensive line. Strength on strength, it's really gonna it's really gonna be spectacular. Um, but if the 49ers can get a run game going, I think it's gonna be hard for the commanders. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a physical game. Um, only thing that really I mean, like you said, their defensive line. Their defensive line is is when they're healthy. I mean, we've seen them healthy a couple of years ago, and they, they were lights out. Yeah, that was. I mean, arguably one of the best defensive lines in the league, if not the best. Um, but this team, like I said, it's just there's there's names here and here and there, but you just don't know where they're going to hit you. Yeah. You know, I mean, Scary Terry is. I mean, he's he's a good weapon. You know, he actually is better than what I thought he would be going into the league at Ohio State. He wasn't what he was. He was behind a slew of other better receivers and what he blossomed into in Washington is a credit to him. You know, the guy is, he is a, he's a solid to good receiver. He could, he could hurt you, but in this game, I don't think he's going to be much of a problem, but um, there, like I said, it's just a lot of, you know, different guys that can get you, but I think the Niners ultimately going to take care of business. Yeah. I think what's interesting with them is right. They're all like smaller receivers. Yeah. Um, and then yet they want to <laughs> run the football and be physical. Those right. guys aren't as good of blockers. Where you see the 49ers have big physical Jawan Jennings, uh, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, like these dudes can block. You know what I mean? They can get after you. I think that's a little bit of the difference. Now, is that defensive line, Warren, the biggest concern uh for the 49ers against the commanders? Um, I would say on the field, yes, that's the biggest concern. It's probably that D line. Um, just what they present, the name they have across the board. I mean, and then you're they're getting after a rookie quarterback. They yeah. know he's a rookie. So they're gonna they're gonna be chopping at the bit to get after it. Um, I feel like this is gonna be like a head coaching game, to be honest. Um, anytime you play, I can't think of um, the commander's head coach's Ron name. Rivera. Rivera, that's his name. I want to say Herrera for some reason. <laughs> uh, Riverboat Ron. Riverboat Ron. Yeah. Every time you play his teams, very physical, hard nosed football teams. You know, so I expect that type of team to come into Levi's, and I expect that type of game. You know, I expect. I don't expect the Niners to get up by three or four touchdowns in this game. You know, I, I expect the commanders to come in and represent, play this, play the Niners tough. Cause I mean, he's, he's a good coach. You know, he's one of the coaches around the league. I do respect um, the teams he puts together are very hard nosed physical football teams. So I believe they're going to come in and try to run the, run the football on us and try to hit us in the mouth, you know, which what we do best is stop the run, yeah. you know? So, but I think they're going to try to challenge us. Um, and try to beat us at what we do best, you know? So, um, but on the field, you know, like I said, I think the D-line is probably what presents the biggest challenge to us, but I think this is going to be a head coaching game. Yeah, I mean, if their defensive line can get pressure with just four on Brock Purdy and they're able to, you know, play coverage on the back end, that'll make it difficult for the 49ers. If they're, if they're able to stop the run so the 49ers can't get to their play-action passing game, 
or their rollouts with Brock Purdy, that'll make it difficult on the 49ers. So I think you're right. The defensive line is going to be a big reason why the 49ers either, you know, are able to overcome and win or the commanders are able to hang in this football game. They're very immensely talented all throughout. Those four guys are no joke. Yeah. Uh, and those four guys are going to give the 49ers a lot of problems. And Mike McGlinchey is going to have to go out there and play a really good player, whether it's Montez Sweat, you know, or, or, or the big man on the other side, they're going to have a little bit of problems there. Ace Young is a problem for everyone, and mm-hmm. um, I think that's a matchup the 49ers aren't really going to like. And you know, how are Banks and Burford and Brunskill and Brendel going to ha- you know hold up in the middle against Deron Payne and Allen? It's it's going to be it's going to be a fun matchup. But Warren, where do you think the 49ers have the biggest advantage against the Commanders? Biggest advantage against this team? That's that's a good question. Um, I think the biggest advantage we have against this team is just uh, overall, to be honest. Um, defensively to be honest i i don't think their de- defense on all three levels is like what we represent yeah um i don't think the commanders have seen a defense like the niners defense so i think um heineke's just gonna have problems all day trying to find open men or even trying to uh, run the football so i think what we our biggest advantage is defensively just dominating the game i just don't think they're gonna have many opportunities to score points or move the football um, they're just going to have troubles doing that all four quarters. So that's our biggest advantage. And then offensively, um, are the usual, you know, who's going to get you, you know, is it going to be, is it going to be Christian McCaffrey? Is it going to be Kittle? It was Kittle last week. It's going to be Kittle again this week. Right. You know, is it going to be Ayuk this week? So, um, or is it going to be somebody we're not mentioning? Could it be Danny Gray? You know, somebody that we're not talking about. So that's, that's the thing. I see playing out. I think our advantages is just on offense being so multiple, them not knowing who's going to get it, who's going to kill them. And then defensively is just us playing four quarters of football dominating. Yeah. I think that when it comes down to it, the biggest advantage for the 49ers is going to be uh, limiting the run game of the Washington commanders. If the commanders aren't able to run the football, they become one dimensional. This 49ers defensive line is going to be able to tee off. You know, Tarverius Ward, Diameter, Lenore, and those guys are going to be able to jump routes. Talanoa Fog is going to be able to get aggressive. Those are the things that you don't want as a football team. And the 49ers consistently in all of their wins this season, especially in this stretch run, have made teams one-dimensional. And I think that's going to be the goal coming into this game. And if they're able to you know, limit Gibson and Robinson, I think Taylor Heineke is going to have a, a, a big problem on his hands. And that's a Nick <laughs> Bosa because you know, last week, Thibodeau and those guys from the New York Giants put a lot of pressure you know, on on him, and, and Heineke wasn't able to handle it very well, and they were getting to him, strip sack, touchdown. That's how the New York Giants got on the board to start the game. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Nick Bosa. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for this 49ers defensive line because I think they're going to stop the run for Washington, and once that happens, oh, I, I feel bad for this team because, yeah, they got weapons, um, but you have to have time to be able to get the ball to those weapons. Right. This team is sneaky, though. It's a very sneaky team. I mean, if you look at if you look at the season they had – I mean, they gave Philly their only loss. Yeah, you know, and they beat Philly on in on prime time. I believe it was on Monday night. They went into Philadelphia and won the game, and it was pretty convincingly. So this is the team that we're getting this week, and you know, the Niners have to be careful because, like I said, they could come into Levi's and give us a game. Yeah, I think this is going to be a four quarter football game. Um, but you just, you just, we got to go out there and play our game. We play our game. There's no, there's no problems. There's no worries. Um, I don't even think Philadelphia is a team that we are. But this is the team that's coming into Levi's. They are a sneaky good team. And like I said, they got a head coach that that 
that preaches tough nose football, tough, tough nose ball. So they won't be afraid to come to Levi's and try to get a win. So, but if the Niners play their game, we'll have no problem. Yeah, I, I think they're a better football team. You know, this is going to be the toughest defense that Brock Purdy saw. He overcame the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's see if he can overcome the Washington Commanders. And let's see if the 49ers, you know, how they match up against a team that could be a potential matchup in the first round of the playoffs. But definitely, you know, in that range of New York Giants, Washington Commanders, Detroit Lions, Seattle Seahawks, uh, that's kind of the, the level that they're at. So, Warren, now that we've talked all about it, let's get a game score prediction. How do you see this game going? 49ers versus Washington Commanders. Who wins and what's the score? So, like I said, I think this is going to be a four-quarter game. Um I, I do have the Niners winning it, continue our win streak. I have the Niners winning on Saturday, right? Yep. On Saturday, I have the Niners winning. Drum roll, I say. I say it's about 17, 17 to 9. Wow. Lots of respect for the Washington <laughs> defense. That is the lowest score predicted so far. Orson and Jason both gave the 49ers 27 points. Okay. Uh, with Jason saying that. Uh, the the commanders would score 16 or saying that the commanders would score 10. So you and Horse are pretty close on the low end for the commanders. Yeah. But you are definitely lower on the 49ers, only getting 17 <laughs> points. Yeah, four-quarter uh, game. More akin to the offense that the New York football giants put up last week. <laughs> very, very interesting. I think it's going to be a fun matchup. Of course, you can catch my score prediction on the game preview show that's going to happen on Friday. Join me for that live stream. It's going to be a lot of fun. But Warren, another great episode of Cover Two. I do, I, I like what score you came with. I like all your guys' scores so far because they all equal 49ers W's, and that's all that matters. Uh, but you know what? We had another fun one and an NFC West Championship celebration episode. Let's see what the 49ers can do next. Can Minnesota lose to the New York Football Giants? So that way the 49ers can take that number two seed. <laughs> Hopefully the Giants can finish a game. We just need one team to finish a game. Yeah. Since the Colts can do it. Giants. Packers, Bears. Uh, that, that's that's the matchups for the Minnesota Vikings. Man, I'm excited to see your pick, though. I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, not your pick, your uh, score prediction. Yep. Score prediction. I want to see where you're at on this game. Yeah, and I, I've been watching the all 22 of uh, the, the Washington team versus the New York Giants. Interesting offense uh, from both squads. <laughs> it, it was interesting. So I'm very much looking forward to breaking down a little bit more. So when it's time for me to get my score prediction, uh, I, I will be well equipped and, and, and understand what exactly I'm looking at. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun on Friday. All right, y'all. Well, you guys have a good one. Thanks for coming through for cover two. We'll see you guys next week. Go Niners. Go Niners. <clears throat>